This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, Carm Capriato, the Service Aftermarket's podcast pioneer. Join me each week for aftermarket insights from my guest host and an industry first, a virtual shop tour. Use the industry's premier podcast as your personal networking resource. And as always, know that you'll learn one thing. The video for this show is on the Aftermarket Weekly page on RemarkableResults.biz or on my YouTube channel. Let me introduce uh, Danielle to you. We did a great episode together. We recorded it in San Diego at the Elite Invitational. It was so much fun. It was. Hairdresser turned shop owner. I remember that. (laughs) It was so much fun. Uh, Tracy was with us, you know, in the hotel room that we had our studio at, and it was a great recording session. I thank you so much for that. That was great. And we learned an awful lot. One of the things that we learned is the intimacy that hairdressing is all about. One of the only, one of the very, very few professions that you could actually touch someone and, and how, you know, we kind of thought about the trust that we try to develop in our own industry that ultimately, you know, happens in the hairdressing industry. So hairdresser turned shop owner, you got to listen to that episode 754. If you missed it by any chance, it was great. You have an infectious laugh. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Let's see a picture of the shop, of her, the outside of her shop. I did have a chance to do a little, you know, mapping to see where your shop was. And you're kind of in an area, Danielle, where there's a lot of people that own shops, right? And it's almost like it's a commerce center. Las Vegas, interestingly enough, commercial development, they, for some reason, want automotive repair shops to be in confined to these complexes. So we're literally located in a small shopping center where we have four independent shops and three um, franchise shops, a lube shop, a quick lube shop, basically a tire store that does general repair and then uh, another general repair franchise. And all of these businesses have been here for I guess about 20 years now. I think this complex was developed about 20 years ago. And the neighborhood that we're in is called Summerlin. And it's, I don't know if it still is, but as of five plus years ago, it was considered the largest master plan community in in the country. I don't know exactly what the history is, but it has a lot of relation to Howard Hughes. When he came out here and he purchased up an enormous area of Las Vegas, it was the majority of basically Summerlin kind of extending out to Red Rock Canyon, which is a big um, tourist attraction and national park out here. And where we are in this little complex, um, it's the only area in the entirety of Summerlin that's actually zoned for automotive repair. So we have this little niche here because when you literally pull out of our parking lot, it's neighborhoods behind us. um, Behind our parking lot is a private school. It's a Lutheran private high school that is, you know, $20,000 a year to send your child to. And um, the demographic of the neighborhood and where we live, it's the highest earning demographic in Las Vegas. It sure sounds like a great place to be as far as the demographics are. And and if you're going to want to do automotive service, that's where you got to be in your complex, right? It is. We want to thank so much our sponsor Dorman Products has become an incredible engine for innovation. They are constantly bringing new replacement parts to the automotive industry and they routinely release tens of thousands of parts across all different categories. Now, why do they do all of this? To enable technicians the freedom to fix their customers' cars and trucks. To do this, Dorman has dedicated teams focused on different aspects of the vehicle to ensure that they are meeting the needs of the aftermarket. 
Although a lot of their parts are reverse engineering of original equipment, they also redesign and redefine solutions such as their loaded knuckles or programmable electronic power steering rack. Dorman has invested in these OE Fix innovations to help you save time, your customer money, and prevent vehicles from coming back to your shop. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Hey, want to know more about Dorman? Visit dormanproducts.com forward slash tour. So let's talk about that interesting complex that you have, Danielle, where you are and uh, any challenges that you faced getting in there. It looks like a beautiful place. Yeah. Interestingly enough, our particular unit that we occupy, we actually occupy two spaces. So we occupy what's considered suite B and suite C. So the center and then the far right of our building. They were originally designed to be two small four bay shops. Um, our particular unit and our building in the complex, we don't have drive through bays. So we have two tandem bays per side. So we have a total of eight tandem bays, but we only have doors on one side. So our technicians, they each work off of two lifts. However, they're locked in. Um, So it definitely presents, like we talked about on our podcast earlier, um, some pretty unique challenges for scheduling. It definitely restricts the number of technicians that I can have working. This particular complex, everybody here, all of the tenants would argue that they overbuilt it. We don't have enough parking. You know, when you consider the cadence of, especially now, how the whole repair process works when you bring in vehicles for diagnosis, the amount of time it takes for your service advisors to build estimates, to locate parts, all of that. The vehicles are here. We schedule a customer, no matter what it is, other than an oil change, expect to leave the vehicle with us overnight. We will have answers for you tomorrow. And that presents its own unique challenges. And we're constantly fighting for parking space, constantly fighting for customers bringing in their vehicle. Where do they leave it? You know, the type of service and experience that I would like to offer our customer and our guests, we can't really offer here because we just don't have the space to do that. Having the ability for a customer to drop off right at the front door, we don't have the ability because there is no space in front of the front door. The customers definitely, they pay a premium for the convenience of being able to literally drive, you know, five minutes. The customers pay for the convenience of bringing their vehicle to us and only having to drive, you know, maybe five minutes here, but they lose out on some of the luxuries that they would get at other shops that have a different location where they have more space where they could possibly offer, you know, washes, car washes and, you know, pickup service and, you know, being able to drop the vehicle off right at the front and have the service advisor walk out and do the walk around and things. You've obviously had to modify your business for, and I want to use the words in quotes, convenience, and there's not a lot of convenience, what you're saying. So you've had to adapt and the customer in that in that town, in that marketplace, understand that all of you in that mar- in that little segment section are all challenged with space. Yes. And we never had any experience in owning a shop. And so coming in, we had an absolute crash course in what are we supposed to do? And then when we hired our business coach and really started learning the ins and outs of running an automotive repair shop and started learning what the customer experience should be. And then what can we offer our customers here in our location? And how do we set ourselves apart? Having a lot of women in my business. I mean, I have a female service advisor. We just hired a a female porter um, who is going to be training to be a service advisor. That in and of itself 
creates a different dynamic. Our front office that you'll see in the video is creates a different experience for the customers when they walk in. And, you know, in a couple of podcasts, they've been talking about how women tend to make, what is it, 70 to 80% of the buying decisions in a household. When a woman walks into my business, it doesn't look like a shop. It doesn't look like a dealership. I have a beautiful desk. I designed the desk. It's comfortable when you come in here. We have a nice couch. We don't have waiters. We don't allow waiting appointments. But when you walk in, it doesn't feel like a dirty, smelly shop. It doesn't feel like something intimidating. And we've really had to figure out how can we create an experience for the customer that will set us apart from everybody else and also build value into the experience for the customer. You know, it's a huge paradigm shift that you just mentioned. And that is we have to have the kind of look, feel, smell, environment that makes it not look like a shop. And even if people aren't waiting, and we've seen so many shop tours of late that have big leather furniture, an amenities bar with coffee, water, soda, even snacks, and nobody waits. Yes. But there's an investment in the image that when you walk away, if I had to wait, this looks like a cool place to hang out. Yeah. And, you know, we require that vehicles are dropped off first thing in the morning. We need them here 8 o'clock, 8.15, 8.30. So if you're running in and you're dropping off on your way into work, we have coffee for you. We have snacks for you. If you're, you know, you didn't grab breakfast and you don't want to wait. Starbucks is across the street, but you don't want to wait in the drive-thru. We have something here for you, for your kids, if your kids are in the car. Just those little things. And, and honestly, I mean, our delivery people, when they come in and they're rushing through, especially in Las Vegas in the summertime when it's 115 degrees, you know, the snacks are for them as well. And we make sure that they're aware of it. Please help yourself. Please take care of yourself. You know, we depend on you. That also adds to the experience for people coming in our business. It's again, kind of lending itself back to the the hair world. You can find anybody to do your hair, but what do I do differently? What sets me apart? And it's me, but it's also the environment that I surround my customers in and my clients in. And I think consumers nowadays are a lot more savvy and they have higher expectations than they used to. And especially because there are those consumers that prefer to go to a dealership. And when you walk into a dealership, it is a very different experience than what you get in most automotive repair independent shops and franchise stores. And how do we set ourselves apart? How do we elevate ourselves and how do we elevate the industry? And, you know, as everybody is talking about how the shortage of technicians and everybody else and the kind of pay that these people actually deserve, how do we afford that as shop owners? And how do we get customer and a client to understand why it costs so much and the kind of work that goes into a technician building his tool chest, building his knowledge base, the kind of education that we have to invest in as shop owners, the tools that we have to invest in to supply our technicians with everything that they need to do the job. And we have to provide this kind of experience for them to justify that cost for the customer. I think you're a disciple of my friend, Bill Dalu, who always talks about why, how much. And I think it is, it's almost coming to a point that, you know, I guess when Ann and I went out a couple of Saturdays ago and had two chicken Caesar salads and two drinks with the tip, it was $60. And I was, you know, I live in Buffalo. It's not like living in Vegas or New York or LA where I would have probably paid $80 for the same thing. It's that 
why much? Why why is it so much? And you start backing it down and it's probably the labor had to go up in order to have, you know, the chefs and everybody that's being paid for the services that we want. And I guess it's maybe the new normal, Danielle, and we're willing to listen to why is it this much? And as long as your people are equipped with some really smart answers which are always truthful, honest, transparent, building trust, then people are saying, okay, that's how much. And truly in the conversation in in training our our new employee, the conversation that she's learning that we continue to have, that I especially have when I answer the phone and it's a new customer, I introduce myself, I'm one of the owners, want you to understand when you walk in, this is the experience that you should expect. We're going to do this inspection. We do them digitally. We will send you a link to it. There's photographs so that you see why my technicians are making certain recommendations. We're trying to build um, transparency into the experience for you and we're trying to help you understand why we make recommendations. It's not to get you to spend more money with us. It's because we truly are just looking after your best interest. And if this is a car you don't want to put money into, no problem. But we still have an obligation and responsibility to you to make you aware of what's going on. And that carries over so much into so many different facets in the experience with the customer. It's, you know, I think when you showed the picture of our shop, we have rebranded our our business and changed the name completely the month before COVID hit, actually. And, you know, which is normally the kiss of death. We still experienced 33% growth that year. We experienced another 32% growth last year. I'm on path to do it again this year. And, you know, the front of our business does not look that great. We have a banner that has our our sign. Our, Our sign is actually getting made and we're dealing with permits in the city. But in spite of all of these challenges, we've continued to have this kind of growth because we work so hard to build this experience in for the customer in while still having the highest labor rate in our complex and having conversations about, is it time to raise our labor rate again based upon the needs of our business and having to give our technicians raises? And Well, no doubt you'll be the preferred place to get your car fixed and maybe outlast everyone there. And because... You're paying attention to your business, and uh, you got a great coach in Darren Barney. So, hey, look at this was this was great. Thank you so much. I couldn't, you know, I've never been in 110 degree heat until I was in Las <laughs> Vegas last week, and when night times were 88 degrees, uh, I mean, the highs in Buffalo, maybe five days in the year would get to 88. Of course, I was with Tracy, and she was saying. Yeah, Dad, Matt and I uh, went and walked the boulevard and it was 88. Anyway, long story short, you're in a really hot place. And I guess I don't always mean by temperature. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see your shop. I want to talk about some some of the latest listens that uh, we've had going on here. What technicians really want is a great episode. It came out today and it's all about a survey that Jimmy Aluria and Jason Stretch did. And they brought the results of the survey to that podcast. You have got to listen to it. It is phenomenal. I think it'll rock your socks. And I'm on a kind of a soapbox about a couple of things that came out of that. We also did identify your ideal customers. It was great. We had Marty Long, uh, uh, Brian Lagos, and uh, and Joe Marconi, and Matt Fonslow was keyed up about the keys to key. 
with Andrew Sexton. And uh, Hunt Demers did a great episode this past week on inflation. So uh, can't wait for you guys to get them. And, you know, of course, listen to learn just one thing. Let's get out there and see the great tour of your business so obviously our old name um, from the business that we purchased um, with the banner that we've hung about two years ago, I guess. When you look to the right, back behind on the back left corner is a, a lot that's got about eight parking spaces. As I pan over to the right, those are the three independent shops. And over in the far corner is one of the franchises. There's the lube shop and then there's the tire store that flank our business. Um, there's my amazing service advisor, Trish Watts. Um, she's absolutely incredible. That's a really, I hate to say the word sexy front. Is that, <laughs> is that tile? It is. It is actually. Um, I, again, you know, kind of going back to what the counters look like in a hair salon and when a customer walks in, what are they greeted by? Um, you want them to be greeted by something that sets the tone um, for whatever the customer experience is supposed to be. You know, whether I had a male or a female service advisor doesn't really matter, but I want them to understand that we pay attention to detail here. The expectation is that everybody pays attention to detail and trying to create something that doesn't feel like an automotive repair shop, that if a woman walks in, she doesn't feel immediately uncomfortable, that it's something that she can kind of maybe subconsciously identify with because it looks more like something that would be a piece of furniture in a home rather than in a shop. Service advisors and customers like having service advisors who stand at like a kiosk type setup. And, you know, it just doesn't feel personal to me. Um, it feels very transactional. Whereas having my service advisor sit down where the customer is standing or if they need to sit down, we can pull up a chair, but hopefully the, the transaction isn't that long. It's just more comfortable for them. They're able to have a, a very casual conversation with our advisor. You know, if they choose to sit down on the um, couch while they're waiting to have a conversation with her, if she's on the phone, they can. Obviously, the snacks on the cabinet and the fridge. Walking down the hall, there's a couple of offices, my extremely messy office <laughs> with the obnoxious painted walls. You know, it's it, moving into the space presented a lot of challenges for us. Bathroom, that was one thing I just immediately knew, like the bathroom has to be clean for anybody. And we keep it clean, as everybody's talked about. There's been a lot of conversations about restrooms for customers, and I always find it kind of ironic. I don't know who would need to be told that. I don't know who hasn't gone into, you know, a disgusting bathroom and not been offended by it, <laughs> whether it was in somebody's home or in, in a store. That should be a no-brainer to me. And if it's open to the public or if it's for your employees, why is the restroom not clean? It's a basic human need, and it should be welcoming to everyone, just as one of those very minor details that I think really sets the tone for people. So walking out into our shop, um, we are in the process right now of getting bids. Um, so when I walk out here, you'll see that's our Hawkeye Elite alignment machine. And then see, that's one of my technician's workstations. We are very challenged space-wise in our shop. This to the right, the blue rack is the alignment rack. Um, we're the only shop in the complex that has basically a rack that can do the really big, long vehicles. I have the only diesel technician in the complex. Um, he's amazing. And so we get all the diesel work and we have all these big, giant trucks that come in and we're the only shop in the complex that can do the alignments on them. Are there any big box competitors in the area or they really aren't because this is the only place they could be? Big box competitors as in like the big franchise stores? Yeah, franchise stores. Yes, we have um, one of the tire stores. It's the tire store that it masquerades as a tire store, but it's a repair shop directly next door to us. And they have an alignment machine, but it's 
20 years old and it doesn't really work very well. And, you know, they've got kids who don't really know how to do alignment. How many are in this complex? Three or four? Four, four independent shops and three franchise. Is everyone busy? Yes, extremely. And, it's, and, and a lot of that is, to be honest with you, the independent shops are far busier than um, the franchise shops. And I think that speaks volumes to is happening in the industry where people are understanding they're having bad experiences at the franchise stores because there's not a personal experience, right? There's every time they walk in, there's somebody different and good techs, good employees. They might get their feet wet. They might start at the franchise stores, but they're coming and working for people like us in the independent places because they want to feel like they belong somewhere. They want to be a part of something. And I mean, the four independent shops, we're so busy. We're constantly turning, we're referring work to each other. You know, we're all booked out a minimum of a week in advance. It's pretty wild. You know, it's, I keep hearing this term unprecedented and I'm, I'm like waiting for the shoe to drop and, you know. And it may in, in a little bit, in fact, I'd love to have a conversation with people in our industry about this whole recession inflation thing. And I think it's something we have to pay attention to. Absolutely. Just back here in the back is just where we store um, a lot of our bulk fluid, our machines when they're not in use. Again, we don't have a ton of room and we don't typically keep a lot of fluids in stock. Um, anything, you know, in mass quantity, there's my amazing technician, our lead technician, Logan, mainly just because we don't have waiting appointments. We don't really have to. So we can order fluids and parts once jobs are sold. Ah, as so this is the, these are the other four bays. Ah, okay. Because you said you had two units. Okay. Yes. So this is that wall. Basically, we cut open holes on both sides so that we pass throughs, but we wanted to maintain that wall so that the techs had some place to put their boxes and things like that. This side, um, we basically had to fully remodel when we took over. This was the space of the original shop that we purchased and took over. And so obviously two less um, per side and that will walk into the parts room on the other side there. It's our break room and our, our parts room that we're at some point going to tear that out and hopefully move the alignment rack over there. And then where the alignment rack is, we'll add two more lifts and bring in another technician. Upstairs is just some spare storage that the old owner built and created. And we have needed it because again, we don't really carry a lot of parts. So just another bathroom for the technicians. Again, well lit, clean, maintained for them. This is uh, just obviously more tools. Um, this little back cabinet area here is where we keep some storage for things um, and our air compressor. Um, There's lots of wheels and tires laying around from <laughs> various projects of ours that we have, you know, swapped out. When you look at the tightness that you have in what you're doing there, and then you look at the equipment and the toolboxes and the diagnostic carts, there is so much room necessary just to do business, just for tools and equipment. Yes. It's kind of astonishing, to be honest with you. And I remember when we took over the old business, the old shop manager who was there, he had three giant toolboxes. And I just remember looking and thinking how... How do you find anything in these? And they were very well organized, but just the volume of tools that he had amassed over a career of 35 years was astonishing. And you have to provide space for your technicians to work in addition to the vehicles, you know. This space in here that you're looking at is, is a break room that we created, you know, just trying to create a space for the technicians so that they had some place to sit, kind of rest when the time came. Our shop is the only one that has the space for it. So we're the only ones that actually have a break room in our business. Um, and then this is just all of our filters. We only stock cabin and air and oil filters, just ancillary things, and then our fluids, so. What is your labor rate? Um, for general repair is 50, for diesel is 190, and custom and classic is 200. 
Custom and classic. Good to hear, by the way, as I've heard some other people down south have a higher rate for vintage, for older, because it's going to take so much more time to locate and find parts. And I was just kidding with some people from Florida about having a, a northern rate. Who wants to work on that rust bucket for for normal door rate, right? It's funny. We have a, a customer with a Honda in here right now that just drove down from Canada. The couple moved here and we've got one vehicle in now and then they're bringing the other one next week. And my tech who's working on it is from Michigan and it's up on the rack and he just kind of shook his head. He's like, man, I do not miss living in Michigan. Look at this thing. And I have never seen rust like that before. Wow. Yeah. It's like, wow, we don't have that problem here in the desert. Hey, thank you so, so much for coming on and to share some of your pain points regarding, you know, living in that little tiny little segment where all the, all the, all the shops are. That's, uh, but you've been able to be very successful and, uh, come up and over it. How nice. Please subscribe to us on, on, on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Love to have you do that. And thanks for everybody who's hanging out with us on social. And uh, Keith Perkins, raise your rates in 2022. And if you haven't done so, shame on you. Thank you, Keith. We have to do it. There it is. So thanks again, Danielle. I sure appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. It was nice to see you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.